Hi, this is Pastor Tom, and I want to welcome you to week five of our look through the New Testament. Our last week, we're going to finish this week, so you're going to have gone through the entire New Testament in just uh, in just five weeks. We start this week with 1 Peter. As we begin our look at this letter written by the Apostle Peter, I just want you to think with me for a moment about the experiences that Peter had with Jesus, and maybe which of them was the greatest of those experiences. Maybe it was the day that Jesus called Peter from his fishing business to follow him. Or maybe it was the day on the Mount of Transfiguration when he was there with Jesus and he saw him as as, as white as the sun. Or maybe it was seeing Jesus walk on the water and then walking to him on the water. Maybe it was the day of Pentecost. Or what about the day that God called him to visit Cornelius? As you read 1 Peter something begins to dawn on you. You begin to realize that none of those experiences affected Peter quite so much as the day that he met Jesus for breakfast on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. You might remember that story that Peter wasn't sure what direction his faith would take him, so he and some of the other disciples went fishing, and they met Jesus there unexpectedly. And Jesus had a word to say to Peter. He said to him, feed my sheep. He said it three times. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep. And that is what Peter spent his life doing, feeding the sheep. And 1 Peter, in many ways, is is written in response to that command that Jesus had given Peter so many years before. He's writing, Peter is writing to some of the sheep in Asia Minor, giving them some much-needed spiritual food. So look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, strangers in the world, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father, through the sanctifying work of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and sprinkling by his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. So Peter writes to this group that he calls strangers, scattered. It was a group that was facing increased persecution against the church, They were no longer a protected religion. They were being persecuted. This date of this letter is probably before 64 AD, maybe the beginning of Nero's persecutions of the church. He's writing to this mixture of Jews and Gentiles who are feeling lonely in an increasingly hostile world. They're feeling like strangers, like outcasts. They're sensing how really different they are from the world that's around them. In many ways, this is a letter for today. This is a letter for right now. Now, I don't know how these people in Cappadocia and Pontus and Galatia and all those regions first heard the good news, but those three, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Galatia, are mentioned in Acts chapter 2 on that day that Peter preached the first sermon that the church would ever hear. The church began. So just what if, the Bible doesn't say this happened, just what if some of them heard Peter's first sermon? They were baptized that day with the 3,000, and they took the message back. Now, there's nothing to tell us that that's a fact, but it is a compelling thought that Peter might be writing to a few of those who were saved on the first day of the church. When Peter calls them strangers, he's telling them and us to embrace the truth about who we really are. Embrace the fact that you are different from this world. That's your hope that you're different from this world. Stop trying to blend in and decide to stand out because you do as a follower of Jesus Christ. You can see this throughout this letter. It's the message of this letter. 
All through the letter, he talks about how we're to be different, how we're to live a cut above in this world below. In fact, the letter, 1 Peter, is eight specific ways that we do that, that we're different, and that makes us live different. In chapter 1, verses 2 to 5, he says we have a different hope. When it comes to hope, world below living is, hope is wishing, just sort of wishing everything's going to come out okay. Cut above living is realizing that hope is living. It is a living thing that God has given to us that works every day in our lives. 1 Peter 1, 3, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So we're different. We have a different hope. Verses 2 to 13 says we have a different faith. In the world below, faith is feeling. In the cut above living, faith is trusting. It's trusting in God. Chapter 114 to chapter 2, verse 2 says we have a different character, the character of holiness. In the world below, we're conformed to those who are around us. When we live a cut above because of who we are in Jesus Christ, we're transformed by his love for us. 1 Peter 1, 14 to 15, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. Transformed. Just as he who called you is holy, be holy. We're transformed because we're looking at who he is. We're following him. We have a different character. We have a different faith. We have a different hope. Chapter 2 also tells us that we're a different people. We are a different people. In the world below, people live for pleasure, popularity, or power. In the cut above living, we live for God's purposes. 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. That's who we are. Because we know Jesus Christ, we also have different relationships. Chapter 2, verse 13 to 312 talk about that. In the world below, relationships are governed by selfishness. Relationships are forgetting. In the cut above living, relationships are about submission. Relationships are forgiving. The word submission means I give myself to someone else to love them. I don't live in selfishness anymore. Chapter 3, verses 13 to 22 says we have a different message. World below, the message is good news. Cut above, the message is good news. Chapter 4, verses 1 to 19, we have a different response to suffering. In the world below, you defend your life if you're suffering. In the cut above living, you give your life even with your, when you're suffering. That's an entirely different way to live. The only way you can live that way, the only reason you can live that way is because of what God has given you in Jesus Christ. You don't have to defend your life because you realize your life is not in you, it's in him. And your life is not in this world, it's in, the, it's in eternity. So even when you're facing suffering, you're, you continue to be able to give to others, even in the suffering, because of what he's done for you. And then chapter five, verses one to 11, talk about a different leadership. In the world below, we have selfish leaders. When you live a cut above, you learn how to be a servant leader. And if you're gonna be a servant leader, you need a quality, an attitude, a character of life that's talked about in 1 Peter 5, 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up. If you're going to live a cut above, you've got to live the kind of life that recognizes that he's the one that's going to lift you up. As long as you're trying to lift you up, you're going to find that you might have some measure of success in this world, but you're never going to lift yourself to where he could lift you to. 
And even if you do have some measure of success, you still have a deep sense of loss because you know what could happen. More often than not, though, when you try to lift yourself up, you find yourself falling again and again and again. So you humble yourselves under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up. This whole book is written to tell us that we are different. We're to live a cut above in this world below. We are a hopeful and holy people. We are a submissive and serving people. We suffer with the confidence of victory and we lead with the humility, with the humility of a shepherd. So with that heart and mind, that we are to be different, I want to take a minute to pray together. Would you pray with me? And in prayer, would you just say, Jesus, help me to embrace the fact that I'm different, that you want me to live in a different way. Thank you that I have a different hope. I have a different faith. Thank you that we are a different people selected by you. But thank you also that there's a different kind of leadership that grows out of that, the leadership of humility. So the fact that I am different, I don't want to make that a measure of pride in my life. I want to humbly let other people know that the only reason there's any difference in my life is because of what you've done, Jesus Christ. Because I want to see that same difference happen in every person that's around me. Jesus, you offer this different kind of life to all of us. And I pray that you'd bring us into contact with some people today that would see the difference and you'd help us to share the difference in a way that lets them know that they're invited to. Thank you for the invitation to a different kind of life because of you, Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, tomorrow we're going to look at 2 Peter, which talks about how to have a fall-free faith.